This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners and may bring up some past memories. Please check the show notes for a more detailed description. And as always, take care of yourself. We love you. Oh, it's a Help beacon. me! <laughs> Help me! It's a beacon for an we're, orgasm we're, right there. We're getting oh, closer. Fucking. Nope, we're, we're close. Oh, we're there. Oh, God. <laughs> Dirty 30. All right. Dirty 30. You ready? Dirty 30. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a bumpy night. This is Fatal Distraction. Squirrel. Dirty 30. Where are you? What? Got some work to do now. We have plenty of work to do. We're doing work right now. It's not really work if it's fun. And we're drinking. I think it's just because I've heard Antoine's phone go off so many fucking times in the past Please don't tell me he has Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Why? I mean, I don't even understand ringtones anyways, personally. My ringtone is the shit. Wanna call is, me? Isn't yours like Wanna no? Because then I'll have to be on the air, and I don't want to do that. Nope, you're on the air. <laughs> oh yeah. So, dear uh, guest Renee, so uh, we have a rule that if you call one of our phones while we are recording, you uh, have to go on the air. Already so, call me. You want me to call you? But I don't want to talk to these people on this fucking podcast. Ready? Go. Right, well, hold hold the fuck on, man. All right. I don't know what it says. You should see me in a crown. Oh. Oh, I thought it said crowd. Look at me. Look at my brow. This bitch. <laughs> what is it? I'm gonna run this nothing town. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, you know. Basically, I'm queen bitch. Oh, well, I knew that. Duh. Anyways, this queen bitch is Janet. Yeah! That's who I'm looking at here. Hi, Janet. Hi, Miranda. queen bitch. We got another guest in the room today. We sure do. It's my next door neighbor. I apologize. (laughs) You have to deal with me all the time. And this is Renee. Renee, say hi. Well, hello. Okay, I thought she was just going to be like, Hi, Hi. Renee. Hi, Renee. Hi. That's what I would have done. I would have been like, hi, Renee. Yeah, that's what you do anyways, this bitch. <laughs> oh, I have a missed call from Miranda. Oh, well, you better call her back. It's so <laughs> she could be on the air. You know, we should give her a weird breakfast food nickname like, you know, French toast or some shit. Yeah, you're French toast. I'm pancakes. He's waffles. Uh, okay, what's Renee? Hmm. Eggs Benedict. <laughs> oh, lovely. Over easy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one better. No, that was just in high school, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Dirty oh. 30. Oh, Janet, how are you? How's your week been? Let's do some check-ins. My week has been interesting. It's been quiet. Full of, yeah, that's right. You have one uh, jerk, some one mean jerk, jerk main. It's just a girl house again. Out. Good. And uh, we've been... No permanent breakfast foods? No. Listen, it's a girl's only house. (laughs) JC has already claimed that she's the man of the house again. Well, I mean, 
To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> she kind of was previously as well. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. Like, there's no fooling anybody. No. <laughs> Jerk Maine was kind of a... We're back to reorganizing okay. the house. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> whatever. We were... No, the the girls keep doing things and they'll be like, Oh, hey, guess what? I can, uh... I can do this now and not get yelled at. Oh, hey... Check it out. I can blow my nose at the dinner table and not get yelled at. Oh. Okay, well, that's still gross. Yeah, it's still gross. But, like... <laughs> like, that's... Nope. Still would get yelled at. Still, still get yelled at. But, yep. you know, stupid, just stupid things like that. Just little things. Oh! Ear. But before I forget, I'm sorry. I got super excited. <laughs> she, she did I might check it. Jesus, balls. You got your toy. I got my toy. What, what? Hold on. I got a new toy. It's called the OMG. Yes. That bitch is strong. Yeah, you so feel it? we opened it just to, and I had it. So when these toys come in in the package, they come at fifty percent charged. So you're supposed to charge them so that they're at a hundred percent. So I gave it. I took it out of the box just so that I could touch it. Here, like while I watch her open, take the plastic off, and. I wanted to touch it because I haven't opened one of these yet. And I turned it on. So, yeah, it goes. This is at 50%. All right, feel this. Turn it on. Okay. And this is the lowest setting. Hold That's that. at the lowest setting, 50%. I can fucking hear that. Right? <laughs> Hold it up to this. This is the second highest. And that's at fifty percent, dude. When that's dude, fully what charged, is it at a hundred percent. That's Are you what I'm saying. Breaking shit down, the earthquake is running around. I don't know. Ryan said he's gonna be going to bed soon, and I was like, no, I want some dick. And he's like, use your new toy, and I was like, Psh, bitch, that's gonna sound like a fucking chainsaw. Wake <laughs> <laughs> like up the whole household. Fucking jackhammer over here. Can you imagine. What? Who's doing construction this late at night? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Look at that. Fucking sounds like Rambo in the woods. Oh, man. That's like. It sounds so awesome in that. Fucking like ninja work. Dude, that's going to be in my cooter. Nope. We're close. We're there. Oh, God. So, yeah, and that's a small. It's like the size of your hand. Oh, my God. No, it's the OMG. Dude. OMG. <laughs> yeah, OMG. Dude, I am a... All right, so these were made by one of my best friends that excited. I used to work with I forever ago. I saw pictures, and I'm very excited. I know you weren't supposed to, but... Okay, so, I didn't see pictures. Uh, I used to work with him at the, ga- at the gas station forever ago when I was pregnant with my first child that I lost. And, um, so, oh, wow. So like, a long, yeah, like a long time ago. Long time ago. And, uh, we used to work on like the overnight shift and he called me dough girl and I used to call him dough boy. Cause you know, we're doughy. So at any rate, it'd be that way sometimes. So, um, we're going to, I want to put this up on the friends and affiliate page. Fuck so yeah. don't lose this. This is K and D custom cups. I can't promise Ken that. and Darla. Ken and mm. Darla. Okay. Oh, Darla. So That's all I can think. I, all I can think of is those. little rascals. Oh, Darla. So here's your box that was not supposed to be opened, but JC got Snoopy. Oh, I what box? This is newly opened. Ooh, a little cleaner it so comes with. So it comes with a cleaner and a straw. And it comes with a straw. Okay, but what you didn't see what on the picture is, ready? Turn. <gasps> Fuck off, dude. Oh, my God. It's Janet and Miranda. What? Oh, my, oh it's so sparkly. Sparkles. Oh, wow. Oh, fuck, dude. 
I, I gotta say, just because I'm a purple fan, I do like Janet's colors. Okay, no, wait. Purple is like color. Red so, is my yeah. color. It's but like listen, color. so hers is supposed to be the color of her hair. Oh, my God. Because our squirrels are, because our squall, because our hair, when our hair is actually done. Yeah. Because our squirrels, hers are red and black. Dude. And my squirrel is pink and blue. This is so fucking beautiful, dude. Yeah. It's so fucking sparkly. Dude, I'm very excited. I'm going to use this. I'm I'm so excited. Those are great, guys. Dude. Hold on. So mine is pink and purple, the color of my hair's. And my oh, squirrel. Dude, fuck off. There's a straw hole? <coughs> yeah, that's why you have the straw. What the fuck? What the fuck? It's a hole? It's a It's a hole. Hole. What the fuck? I like... And then, so he saved the glitter that he made from yours, and it's called the Miranda. Really? Yeah. How do I open this? You Am screw just... it. It's screwed. Oh. Get it, girl. Get it. Oh, there Try we go. Try your toy. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking jackhammer. Are you putting... Did you just put the wine in there? Yes. How much wine can you fit back? <laughs> oh, that bottle's done. So. <laughs> this isn't wine. This is definitely coffee. Does it taste like coffee? It's the best part of waking up. It's the best coffee in your cup. Fuck yeah. Coffee I've ever seen. So do you like the cups? Mm. Dude. I love the cups. And I'm very excited. I'm gonna take this to work tomorrow, not filled with wine. <laughs> Just uh you Are know. You sure I haven't even closure. used mine yet because I've been waiting to so you had yours. I'm very excited. Thank you so much. I love you. So that's from Ken and Darla. Thank you, Ken and Darla. Dude, this and then, is fucking bar- look at that, dude. He, it's me. Just in case I forget my name halfway through the day. <laughs> which is possible. It's possible. So, um, the... And Janet loves nuts. See, I heart nuts. Mm. Who doesn't? He also made me a Dunkin' Donuts one. They're just... She wants the it D. It says she wants the D. And then, you, and then you look, and it says Janet, and then it has my whole coffee order. Nice. That's kind of perfect. I yes. love that. So that's my other one that's in the same exact size as these ones. That's fucking awesome. For my check-in, by the time that this is put out, I will have put in my four-week notice to my job so I can start my new supervisor clinical coordinator job that I just got. I'm going to cry my fucking eyeballs out tomorrow when I put my four-week notice in because I do actually love my job, and so now I'm like kind of second-guessing it. Hmm. Like, yes, it's more pay, and yes, it's a supervisor job, but, like, there's not everything that I agree with my job. There's some shit where I'm like, fuck this. I'm out. Like, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore, but, like... I think every job is like that, though. Oh, yeah, there's no job that's 100% perfect, that I completely know that. But, like, this one, man, I don't... I don't know. How long have you been there? Almost three years. And, like, I, I really do, like... I really consider my coworkers my family. I'm gonna start crying again. I mean, I really do consider my coworkers my family. Like sometimes you have cousins that you love a lot more than some of your other cousins, and some of your other cousins you're like, fuck that stupid bitch. It's definitely a second family, you know. No matter what, like you spent three years of your life there. Yeah. And like I, I love my coworkers, and I like I. I don't know. I'm starting to like rethink it before I put in my four-week notice Don't tomorrow, do it. But. 
I know. I know to, like, need... But if they offer me a position, like, a supervisory position of a place where I could, like, actually drive to easily, because, like, I know that there's some supervisory positions, like, an hour and a half away. I can't drive an hour and a half. Like, mm-hmm. 45 minutes is already fucking enough. All right, we're done with the sad bullshit on Dirty 30. That totally. Renee, do you have anything <laughs> good to talk about on our Dirty 30? Yeah, not sad and tear-provoking. Have you had it in the butt lately? Jesus Christ. No, no, never never had it in the butt. What oh. the Ever. fuck? Yeah, sweet. Ever. So we're going to talk about somebody else today. What the fuck? How was your week? Oh, you, you said you didn't want to talk about sad stuff. Oh, God damn it. Damn it. Because <laughs> I, too, also put in my, well, 90-day notice at work. Holy shit, you got to put in 90 longer. days? Yeah, 90 That's days. That's a lot of time for shit to change. But you also well, get, to, get to stay home with your mom. Yes. But yeah, definitely 90 days. So That's yeah, a long time. I just, well, like you, you spend most of your life at a, at a place of work. Mine was 15 years. And I was shit, 10 years dude. a teller, 5 years consumer loan officer, and I loved that job. Like, I helped people. I changed people's lives, you know? Just like what you do, yeah. and you get you get the build these relationships with these people Ugh. and your coworkers. You go in, right? You go in, and you're like, I came in here to work. I didn't come here to make friends. But when you stay long enough, you end up. It's a bonus. Like you get that bonus of making friends at where you work, right? You're making me cry more. God damn it! No, oh no, no, no. man. No. But this is the best dirty thirty episode <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's you know. Well, I mean, to be fair, most people cry on their dirty 30. Mm. Right? Because they're getting it dirty? No, because that's when they're like, my life is over. And I'm like, no, nah, bitch, your life is dirty. So is this like, uh, what, what is that? Uh, the midlife crisis is 30? No. What? No. Bitch. Bitch. 60? What are you dying at 60? It? No. How close are you? Uh, I'm, I'm about like 20 some years. All right. Well, do you want me to murder you in 20 something years? No. Why? Well, because you said this, 30 is your midlife crisis. Well, when is it, though, really? I think it's, uh, like, 40, 45, between 40 and 40. I think, it, I believe it's somewhere between 40 and 50. Okay, okay, so mid, like, 50. Because it's, like, okay. 2021, lady. We have technology and, like, healthcare. Well, <laughs> okay. We have technology and we have we, healthcare. We have technology. We have healthcare, but it's not, most of it's not fucking ex- accessible for the average person. Oh, today. man. All right, let's start some shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, we're going to do our, we're our check-ins. Yeah, we're done with check-ins. Just Are you rock, paper, check-ins? scissors, bitch. I've got some so, dirty 30 for you today. I got some dirty 30 for you, too. I'm very excited. It's not as, it's not the dirty that you think it's going to be, either. Oh, mine is. Mine is an attack at you. Oh, fuck off. That's with mean. love. Well, that's not nice. Rock, paper, scissors? Am I going to cry more? I don't know, maybe. Wow, dude. That's mm. fucked up. Ready? Assholes. Love so, you. Right? All right. Rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot. Oh, you tried to be slick. <laughs> I see you. I see you. All right. Oh, you sneaky bitch. You sneaky bitch. All right. You ready? All right. Rock, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. Ah, oh, you scissored my paper. Oh. Scissor me timbers. Oh, this bitch. Okay. Thought I was going to pull one over on you that time. 
<sighs> oh, I figured you were gonna go for rock or paper rock because you knew I was gonna go for scissors. No, I thought you were still gonna try to tr trick me out. And well, no, that sounds bad because that would mean that you're a pimp. I got your pimp. You got my pimp. You, I got your pimp. You ready for this, bitch? I guess so, bitch. This episode of Dirty Thirty dedicated to Miranda. Oh fuck, I hate my life. The truth about your flammable farts. <laughs> Why are you gonna at me like that? <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> the truth about your flammable farts. Thank you. Thank you. I Contrary to popular belief, it's probably not methane leaking from behind that reckless bros light on fire <sighs> known as pyroflatulence. Rather, it's most likely primarily hydrogen. All right, so to, oh, wait a minute. So I have to interject here. I have never lit a fart on fire. However, I have definitely had a fart feel like fire. Oh, my God. And those that's how you know it's the stinky ones. Mm. Because those are the ones that are like, ooh, that was hot. Yeah. What the fuck are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> because those are the ones that are fucking ripe. You did it. <laughs> In a typical healthy body, human farts are comprised... Uh, primarily of hydrogen, nitrogen, some carbon dioxide, and potentially a small amount of methane and oxygen. These farts are primarily made in two ways, from swallowing air and digesting food. Swallowed air delivers nitrogen and oxygen to the digestive tract, where the latter is mostly, if not fully, absorbed. The nitrogen, on the other hand, passes through unimpeded, hence making up a large component of a typical gaseous rear explosion yeah nitrogen however <laughs> is not flammable which is is not flammable which is good as it makes up about 78 percent of the earth's atmosphere the remaining gases in farts which also may include a small yet extremely potent amount of hydrogen sulfide think rotten egg smell so hydrogen sulfide are generally byproducts of the fermentation and other action that occurs when microbes in the gut feast on fiber and the like in the diet of the host. These microbes include certain bacteria as well as a primitive form of life previously thought to be bacteria called arachia. Arachia. It's like fart spiders. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine if you farted spiders? Fuck off. That'd be crazy. I mean, my grandpa always used to call him. He'd fart. He'd be like, pull my finger. Oh, did you hear that barking spider? The hydrogen... Sulfide and methane produced by these microbes can all be lit aflame, and such a typical fart will usually burn yellow or orange, with the flammable part mostly being hydrogen in this case. If, however, the lit fart has a blue flame, this is generally attributed to the explo the expulsion, not explo explosion, Janet, the expulsion having an unusually high methane content. Please, for the love of God, don't be sitting at home lighting your asshole on fire right now. Thank you. Please don't do that. If you do, we cannot be held liable for the, your injuries or any stupid things that may occur from your stupid actions. Don't or be else stupid. We're going to read you on Florida Man of the Week. <laughs> we totally will. And we will laugh at you. We will laugh at your expense. We'll do it. Methane, in any measurable amount, in most people's flatish, is not terribly common with only about one-third of humans having measurably significant amounts in their farts. 
Even then, in one small study, looking at only 10 people's farts and experimenting around a bit with their diets during the study. You can't just, you can't do a whole study based on 10 people. It was found that those that did have measurable amounts of methane only produced it when fed significant amounts of fiber. The fiber-free version of their farts was almost wholly made up of nitrogen for all 10 subjects. With the fiber version, the average fart only contained about 3.6% methane. The bulk of these individuals' flatus was made up of hydrogen 51% and nitrogen 30%. So why only some people produced methane in their flatus isn't entirely clear, though at least in part has to do with what microbes call one's intestines home. So far, only three microbes have been identified as methane producers. Methanogens. If you need fancy words. In humans. Oh, do you need the whole scientific fucking word verbiage? Because I'm not doing it. No, I know you'd fuck it up anyways. Because it's like, Methaneobrevecatifer, Smithy, Methanosepura, Stichabinchiamarca, stick it up my ass. Scientists have identified... <laughs> not if it's methane. <laughs> scientists have identified a few factors in predicting if a person is methane, if a person is a methane producer, like Miranda. And Fuck one off. of the most Wait, important... Wait, which one stinks more? I don't know. Because if it's fiber, that's not true. Because if I had a lot of fiber, then I'd poop more than like once a week. Fact. That's why my farts stink so bad. Because I poop only like once a week. Because <sighs> you hibernate that, hibernate that shit. I don't mean to. It harbor, just happens. Harbor it in your butthole. I'm, I'm hoarding it. I'm, hoard, I'm a poop hoarder. Scientists have identified a few factors in predicting if a person is a methane producer. And one of the most important of these appears to be where you live. Although it's not clear if genetics plays a role as well in some way. For example, while 77% of Nigerians and 87% of South Africans produce methane, only 34% of Norwegians... And thirty-five percent. The fuck you gotta those, say it like that for? <laughs> and thirty-five percent of those who live in and around Minneapolis do so. In addition, adult women are more likely to produce measurable amounts of methane in their farts, and young children are less so. Finally, okay, if- but wait a minute. Harley has some rank ass farts for a tiny little, small, itty bitty bird-like Dude, goblin she is human. Tiny. She is a teeny tiny kid, but that. That small, tiny human, that tiny little goblin child. She gets it from you. Dude, she will fucking... That bitch could gag a maggot, swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, if both your parents produce methane... (laughs) Fuck off. Then there is a greater greater likelihood that you will too. (laughs) With one study indicating as high as as a 95% chance that the spawn of two methane producers (laughs) will also produce methane. (laughs) Okay, so I'm assuming that it means that methane is the stinkier one. Yeah. <clears throat> methane. What? Uh-huh. Why are you attacking me? So, like this? more than just inconvenient. <laughs> I thought you loved me. <laughs> I do. Recent studies <laughs> have do. shown a correlation between methane production and several gastro- gastrointestinal diseases, including diverticulitis, inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, and colon cancer. Constipation. Although. There's no definitive answer why some believe that the methane slows intestinal transit time. So the more methane you have, that's why you hold your poop. 
I don't, I, God damn, I don't hold my poop. Okay? I'm not like, nope, can't poop, gotta hold it. You know? It's because you got I'm too not, much methane. I Fucking gas tank. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? That's your new nickname, gas tank. So, I am Great. the Kraken and you are the gas tank. 30 fucking episodes in. I've been wanting a nickname. You have this fun, cool nickname where you swallow whole crews of seamen. And you... I am gas tank where I fart. <laughs> fucking asshole. In any event, care should be taken when practicing pyroflatulence. For instance, in 2008, a 12-year-old boy received 18% burns to the backs of his legs and thumb while lighting his flatus. <laughs> Although, in his case, he failed to notice a can of petrol no- nearby. Beyond such external factors inflaming the situation, a survey done by the now defunct Fart Cloud website, an online what? survey... <laughs> What website? Fart Cloud. Fart Cloud? Is it like fartcloud.com? It just says a survey done by the now defunct Fart Cloud website. Oh, does that mean it doesn't exist Yeah, it anymore? doesn't exist anymore. An online survey, so it may well just be all hot air, indicated that one in four people who've lit their own farts burned themselves in the process. Yep, that sounds... Ready for the bonus facts? Yeah. Farts often don't stink because they are just hydrogen or nitrogen. The smelly ones, however also contain a form of sulfur usually hydrogen sulfide and if you're curious um there's another article called why do other people's farts smell worse i might look that up for you how potent is hydrogen sulfide just 4.7 parts per billion is all that is needed for about 50 percent of people to smell the noxious odor at just 50 parts per million exposure it can lead to eye damage hmm Hmm. it's okay he was already half blind at 100 to 150 parts per million after just a few breaths your sense of smell will be gone well that's good Mm -hmm. you're welcome at 800 parts per million 50 percent of farts don't matter then at 800 parts per million 50 percent of people will die within five minutes of exposure At 1,000 parts per million, even just one breath can cause you to collapse and often die. But did you die? Almost. (laughs) But but did you die? No. All right, then. You're welcome. My taste buds have been acting funky and my eyes are a little off. I bet it's COVID. Oh, ass COVID. (laughs) I bet you wish it was COVID, though. Oh, my God. The Darwin Awards examined the well-known urban legend... Of a man, depending on the version, a very large man, <laughs> who had a diet of mostly beans and cabbage. Oh, no. And who was found dead in his bed. An autopsy reportedly <gasps> showed a high amount. Did he amount, himself to death? A reportedly oh, showed fuck. a high amount of methane in his blood. And it was supposed <laughs> that since the room was completely shut up, he had died from breathing in his own gases after they leaked out. What Most the fuck? dispute the veracity of this tale as methane breaks down rapidly in the presence of oxygen, which makes up 20% or so of the atmosphere in order to kill himself with methane. The stinky man would have had to emit an estimated six liters of pure methane farts in his sleep. Needless to say, the story seems bunk. Can you imagine? I'm just throwing this out here. Dying by fart. Can you imagine what that eulogy would be like? <laughs> Guys, Sean 
you know, he, he died the he died the way that he enjoyed to live, surrounded by farts. <laughs> like, Could you imagine going the in there to like check his body to see if he was <laughs> <laughs> Is that fart? I, I think I can't see shit and I can't taste anything. Why does why does it smell like fart in here? Oh, he's dead. Wait, that's not that's not corpse. That's fart. Did he defecate? <laughs> oh no, he just farted himself to Can you imagine farting yourself to death? You know, I didn't kill you guys, so you're welcome. No, we just lost our eyesight and we can't taste anything. So be, Again, you're welcome. So are you saying that Dutch ovens could kill somebody? <laughs> yes. I haven't killed anybody yet, so heh. Debunked. Yeah. Oh I debunked that. You're welcome. You know what time it is? Florida Man of the Week. Just when you think things couldn't get more fucked up. Florida Man says, Hey, y'all, hold my PBR and watch this. All right, what you got for us, Renee? A Spider-Man mask hastily purchased at a thrift store wasn't enough to keep one Florida man from being identified during a burglary at a liquor store. Deputies said they recently nabbed Edward Fast Eddie Wilburn after he stole <laughs> bottles of uh, bottles and cigarettes from a liquor store in the uncorporated Castleberry. Obviously, Eddie wasn't he had, that fast. He wasn't that fast because he was weighed down, but he was on a mission. <laughs> he was on a mission. I bet it was. Uh, I bet it was. I bet it was fueled by math. Yeah. Surveillance video from the store shows Wilburn with his face covered in a Spider-Man mask grabbing multiple bottles and putting them into a box before running away. The mask might have worked if Wilburn hadn't originally approached the store sands in the disguise, according to Deputy Bruce Millen. Surveillance video from before the break-in showed the first attempt. To me, it was just another matter of absolute surprise that he would walk up to the door first, try to break in, then it starts clicking in his head that Oh, I might get recognized if I do this without a mask on. <laughs> what <said>. a dipshit. <laughs> Milnine said that he saw the footage. His spidey sense started tingling and he recognized <laughs> the man in the video was Wilburn, a, car- a, car- a career criminal with an arrest history that dates back to 1991. Oh, my Lanta. According to the authorities, the initial faux pas didn't stop Milnine from doing, going through with the crime. W said he left the scene, with went to the local second-hand store, and found the mask, then returned to commit the burglary. <laughs> fucking idiot. Oh, shit. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Forgot my wait mask. a minute. Hold on. Pause, please. I'm just gonna... I'll I do it right all back. the time now. I'll be right back. Do, do, forgot do. my mask. All right, cool. Oh. Now I need to rob you. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's get... a huge difference between forgetting like your mask so that way you don't get the COVID all over. I didn't want to get COVID. So now just... I can rob you. Okay, Spider-Man mask. <laughs> now well, we're good. Once Milan realized who was behind the mask, he said he was able to track Wilburn to the neighborhood known for drug activity. Oh, of course he did. Fucking surprise. Eddie's a narcotic user. Eddie uses heroin. Eddie oh. uses meth. And he steals to feed his habits. Eddie is said. Spider-Man. Eddie is Spider-Man. There was some sort of Spidey t- senses <laughs> tingling, or is that just the bugs under your skin? I feel skin? like I need to know more about Eddie by saying Eddie. No, you don't. <laughs> you know all you need to know. <laughs> Wilburn was arrested on charges of burglary of an of an occupied structure, grand theft, and committing a third-degree felony while wearing a mask. I hope that some of those cases can stick to the point that he 
goes back to prison this time for a long time, Malign said. <laughs> what a mom. fucking idiot. Oh my god. Do to do to do to do. Hey, I'm gonna rob you. Oh. Hold that thought. BRB. Gonna go. Put on my mask. Do do do. My favorite Come part was about. Well, Eddie, Eddie is a narcotic user. Eddie <sighs> likes to do drugs. Eddie likes to drink. Ed, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie wipes with his Eddie. right hand. Eddie shoots Eddie. heroin. Shoots heroin. Eddie. Eddie drinks the Eddie injects the marijuanas. Eddie sleeps in a bed. Oh. Eddie wears socks. Oh. Eddie, Eddie, wears Eddie, mask. Eddie is a Florida man. Eddie. Oh, that's the worst crime of them all. Ah. That's where he fucked up. And Eddie is fast. Eddie is fast. Obviously not that Eddie now. is Spider-Man. 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 Doing math when he ever he can. <laughs> Do you love true crime? Have you ever wanted to be a detective? Maybe solve a murder? Have you stayed up until 4am in an energy drink and Google Hole powered frenzy trying to figure out all the details of the John Benet Rams case to figure out who done it only to have to wake up for work in two hours? Not that I've ever done that on numerous occasions or anything. Well, if you said yes to any or all of the above, then Hunt Killer is most definitely for you. Hunt Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episodes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery, and in the final episode, you'll be able to catch the killer. Hunt Killer is a perfect excuse to have a date night or to get your friends together for board game night. It's more interactive than watching a movie, encourages conversation, and still has a story that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Use the link on our website to get your own whole season box or hook yourself or a loved one up with a subscription to get the murder mystery sent right to your doorstep. Time for you to go finger a perp. <sighs> you know what I mean, perverts. What you Which, got, Marianas? I got a thing. Is I it a thing for a dirty thing? Is it dirty? It's dirty. Is it about Spider-Man? Nope. Is it about farts? No. Is it about breakfast? No. Is it sex? Some. Some <gasps> of it. Sweet, because someone had to do sex, because I didn't. It's unwilling, though. Oh. So not so good. I know I just recently covered a serial killer. Oh, my God, you did? I did. How dare you? And I just, I, I did it again. Oops, Oops I, I did it again. again. I, I played with your fart. I was just going to say the same fucking thing. Is that sad? <laughs> That's why I stopped. But then you said it, so now I feel like I should have just ran with it. Why Who? Why are you even questioning what I we do? I don't fucking know. I love you. We're fucked up. Yeah, dude. Okay, so Read my me. sources for this are Murderpedia and WomenAreHuman.com. Which, duh. Why is there even a fucking website called that? That's fucking dumb. Um, um, so, uh, a lot of this I wrote... But a lot of this I also copy and pasted because today was fucked in the ass without any lube. <sighs> Richard Franklin Speck was born on December 6, 1941 in Kirkwood, Illinois. He was the second youngest of eight children. He was born to a very religious family, but according to my research, nothing really appeared out of the ordinary there, right? Mm -hmm. So Richard was very close to his father. However, when he was only six years old, his father passed away from a heart attack. And his mother remarried, and they moved to Texas. 
His stepfather frequently drank excessively, excessively and beat the shit out of Richard. I'm looking at you, Janet. He suffered a head injury as a child when he fell out of a tree. Oh, damn. Hey, Janet, have you fallen out of any trees when you were a child? No. Yes. Yep. So, score for score here so far. I know. All right. You gonna you gonna do the same things that Richard did? Nah. I hope not. <laughs> I'll turn you in. I love you. All right. Throughout his youth, Richard uh, had consistently terrible grades and many criminal incidents. Oh, I in... had great grades. Oh, see, there you go. All right, you're good. Safe. Safe. All right, in July 1963, Speck was caught having forged and cashed a co-worker's $44 check and having burglarized a grocery store, stealing cigarettes, beer, and $3 in cash. Whoa. Wow. Don't spend it all in one place, bro. $3. It's also 1963, so it's worth a lot more now. Like, <sighs> I mean, like, not that much more. You know, more. like $5. Yeah. No, more than that. Like a pack of smokes back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 21-year-old Speck was convicted of forgery and burglary and sentenced to three years in prison. For that he, $3. No, for everything else and the fact that he did it. Uh, he was paroled after serving 16 months, uh, September 16th, 1963, to January 2nd, 1965, in the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, Texas. One week after his parole at 2.20 a.m. on January 9th, 1965, Speck, wielding a 17-inch carving knife, attacked a woman in the parking lot of her apartment building. He fled when the woman screamed. The police arrived within minutes and shortly thereafter apprehended Speck a few blocks away. Speck was convicted of aggravated assault, given a 16-month sentence to run concurrently with a parole violation sentence, and returned to prison in Huntsville. But due to an error, was released from prison just six months later on completion of his parole violation sentence on July 2nd, 1965. Mm. After his release from prison, Speck worked for three months as a driver for the Patterson Meat Company and had six accidents with his truck before he was fired for failing to show up for work. In December 1965, on the six, uh, yeah, on the recommendation of his mother speck who was by then separated from his wife and i'll get to that in just a second moved in with a 29 year old divorced woman and ex-professional wrestler who was a bartender at his favorite bar Ginny's lounge and needed someone to babysit her three children oh lord in january 1966 speck's wife filed for divorce that same month speck stabbed another man in a knife fight at Ginny's lounge and was charged with aggravated assault but a defense attorney hired by his mother was able to get the charge reduced to disturbing the peace speck was fined ten dollars and jailed for three days when he pay, failed to pay the fine the last time speck was in police custody in dallas um in yeah on march 1966 speck bought a 12 year old car the following evening he burglarized a grocery store stole 70 packs of cigarettes 70 70 oh. seven zero uh, sold them out of the trunk of his car in the grocery store's parking lot and then abandoned his car. The police traced the car to Speck and issued a warrant for his arrest for burglary on March 8th. An arrest, his 42nd, his 42nd arrest, 40, sorry, 4 2. And he's not like living in jail. 42nd in Dallas. Okay. Would meet another prison term. So on March 9th, 1966, Speck's sister Carolyn drove, from, drove him. To the Dallas bus depot where he caught a bus to Chicago, Illinois. Backing it up a little bit. When he was 20, 
He married a 16-year-old girl named Shirley Malone after dating for only a number of weeks. After finding out she was pregnant. He spent a lot of the marriage in and out of prison, obviously. But uh, while he was out of prison, the relationship was filled with spousal rape and physical abuse. Richard choked and hit Shirley if she mm-hmm. refused to submit for to sex acts four to five times a day. Oh, damn. His wife filed for divorce in January 1966. Uh, six months after his wife filed for divorce, at 11 p.m. on July 13, 1966, Speck broke into a townhouse located at 2319 East 100th Street in the Jeffrey Manor neighborhood of Chicago. It was functioning as a dormitory for several young nursing students, some of whom were Filipinos. Armed with only a knife, the Illinois Supreme Court opinion recounting the facts of the case reports that the defendant appeared at the door of the townhouse holding a gun. He raped, then killed the young women, including Gloria Davy, Patricia Matusik, Nina Schmel, uh, Pamela Wilkening, Suzanne Ferris, Mary Ann Jordan, Merletta Gargulo, and Valentina Pazion. Speck held the women in the house for hours, methodically leading them out of the room one by one, stabbing or strangling them to death then finally raping and strangling his last victim, Gloria Davy. Only one woman, Cora, Cora's own, Amarua, escaped because she managed to wiggle under a bed while Speck was out of the living room, I'm sorry, out of the room with one of his victims. Speck may have lost count, or he may have known that there were eight women living in the townhouse, but had been unaware that a ninth student nurse was spending the night there. Amarua stayed hidden until almost 6 a.m., when she emerged, she climbed out of her northeast bedroom window onto a ledge screaming, They're all dead. All my friends are dead. Lieutenant Emil G. Geese headed the identification section of the Chicago Police Department. He compared and identified a smudged fingerprint that was found at the murder scene to another provided by the FBI, which belonged to Richard Speck. Sergeant Hugh Granahan assisted with the comparison, and later that morning, senior examiner Burton J. Burke found a better fingerprint on a door at the scene. Two days after the murders, Speck was identified by a driver named Claude Lunsford. Speck, Lunsford, and another man had been drinking the evening of July 15th, hey, that's my birthday, on the fire escape of the Star <laughs> Hotel at 617. No, shut no, this was he did it before my birthday, damn it, and I wasn't even alive at this time. I was just so not fuck off. To I say love happy you. birthday. I was well. This was like very ha- twenty five years before my birthday. So un- fuck off. So happy unbirthday. Yes, on the evening of July fifteenth, on the fire escape of the Star Hotel at six seventeen West Madison, on July sixteenth, Lunsford recognized a sketch of the murderer in the evening paper and phoned the police at nine thirty p.m. after finding Speck in his Lunsford room at the star hotel the police however did not respond to the call although their records showed it had been made speck then attempted suicide and the star hotel desk clerk phoned in the emergency around midnight speck was taken to cook county hospital at 12:30 a.m on july 17th at the hospital speck was recognized by dr leroy smith a 25 year old surgical resident resident physician who had read about the born to raise hell tattoo in the newspaper story that's right. He had a tattoo that said "Born to Raise Hell." Of course, he did. Yeah, I mean, 
hell wouldn't even want this asshole. Or they would want him just to torture him. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty much. The police were called and Speck was arrested. Concerns over the recent Miranda case. Not not me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's, it's around yeah. your birthday, your unbirthday, and now it's the Miranda case. Gotcha. All right. So concerns uh, that yeah concerns over the recent Miranda case that had vacated the convictions of <laughs> convictions of a number of criminals meant Speck was not even questioned for three weeks after his arrest. The pretrial felony court judge Herbert J. Passion appointed an impartial panel to report on Speck's competence to stand trial and his sanity at this time of the crime. The panel comprised three physicians suggested by the defense and three physicians selected by the prosecution, five psychiatrists and one general surgeon. The panel's confidential report deemed Speck competent to stand trial and concluded that he had not been insane at the time of the murders. While awaiting trial, Speck participated in twice-weekly sessions with part-time Cook County Jail psychiatrist Dr. Marvin Zipperin. Mm-hmm. That's a cool last name, Zipperin. Sorry. All right. I These... still can't get over Herbie Passion. Herbie Passion, but it's <laughs> P A S C H E N. These continued after Speck's transfer from Kermack Memorial Hospital inside Chicago's House of Corrections on July 29, 1966, until until February 13, 1969. 67. I was close. Not at all. <laughs> The day before Speck was transferred to Peora to stand trial, Zipperin prepared a discharge summary that listed depression, anxiety, guilt, and shame among Speck's emotions, but also a deep love for his family. And went on to note an obsessive-compulsive personality and a Madonna prostitute attitude towards women. Zipperin maintained that Speck viewed women as saintly until he felt betrayed by them for some reason, after which hostility developed. He also diagnosed organic brain syndrome resulting from the cerebral injuries suffered earlier in Speck's life and stated that he was competent to stand trial but at the, but was insane at the time of the crime due to effects of alcohol and drug use on his organic brain syndrome. Zipperin did not testify for the defense or the prosecution as both sides were troubled to learn before the trial that Zipperin was writing a book about Speck for financial gain. Zipperin also earned the ire of the Cook County Jail, which fired him as its part-time psychiatrist the week after Speck's trial ended. At some point during his interviews with Speck, Zipperin had obtained a three-sentence consent from Speck, authorizing him to tell, quote, what I am really like, end quote. Zipperin's biography of Speck was published in summer 1967, The Trial. Speck's jury trial began April 3rd, 1967 in Peora, Illinois, three hours southwest of Chicago with a gag order on the press. In court, Speck was dramatically identified by the sole surviving student nurse, Cora Amaro. When Amaro was asked if she could identify the killer of her fellow students, Amaro rose from her seat in the witness box, walked directly in front of Speck, pointed her finger at him, nearly touching him and said, this is the man. Lieutenant Emil Geese testified regarding the fingerprints, which that were, which were matched. He provided the scientific evidence the prosecution needed for conviction. And with Amaro's testimony, placed the evidence against spec beyond a reasonable doubt, which persuaded jurors on April 15th, after 49 minutes of deliberation jury, the jury found spec guilty 
and recommended the death pencil penalty. The death pencil. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You're getting Fuck the pencil, off. bitch. <laughs> no, not the pencil. Is oh, it lead poisoning? I, You're getting the number one, not the number two. No, I want the number two. More than once a week. yeah so on april 15th after 49 minutes of deliberation the jury found speck guilty and recommended the death penalty on june 5th judge herbert j passion sentenced speck to die in the electric chair but granted an immediate stay pending automatic appeal to the illinois supreme court which upheld his conviction and death sentence on november 22nd 1968 however on June 28, 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court, citing the June 3, 1968 decision in Witherspoon v. Illinois, upheld Speck's conviction but reversed his death sentence because more than 250 potential jurors were unconstitutionally excluded from his jury because of their conscientious or religious scruples against capital punishment. The case was remanded back to Illinois Supreme Court for resentencing. While incarcerated in the Stateville Correction Center in Crest Hill, Illinois, Speck was given the nickname Birdman after the film Birdman of Alcatraz because he kept a pair of sparrows that had flown into his cell. He was described as a loner who kept a stamp collection, listened to music, and whose work within the prison involved bars and walls. His contacts with the warden included requests for new shirts or a radio or other mundane items. The warden merely described him as a big nothing doing time. Speck was not a model prisoner. He was often caught with drugs or distilled moonshine. Punishment for such infractions never stopped him. How am I going to get into trouble? I'm here for 1,200 years. Speck customarily refused all media requests, but granted one prison interview to Bob Green in 1978. Speck told Green that he read Green's column in the Chicago Tribune. In this interview, Speck confessed to the murders for the first time publicly and said he thought he would get out of prison between now and the year 2000, at which time he hoped to run his own grocery store business. He told Green that one of his pleasures in prison was getting high. When Green asked him if he compared himself to celebrity killers like John Dillinger, Speck replied, Me? I'm not like Dillinger or anybody else. I'm freakish. Freakish? Freakish. I'm freakish. Speck said that when he killed the nurses, he had no feelings, but things had changed. I had no feelings at all that night. He said, they, they said there was blood all over the place. I can't remember. It felt like nothing. I'm sorry as hell for those girls and for their family. And for me, if I had to do it over again, it would be a simple house burglary. I mean, simple house burglary, you know, because that's, you know, that's, that's good, right? I just mean, a simple burglary. Just a good, we're good. Nothing, nothing important. Yeah. Simple. Wouldn't, simple. wouldn't have just chose to not do it at all, you know. You know, stay home, watch football. Masturbation. Specs yeah, final, right? I know. If you think that you want to go out and burglarize a house or rape and murder a house full of girls, you should just stay home, watch something on TV, get some Netflix stars, a, start a stars trial or something like that, and just jerk off a couple times. Watch Forensic Files. Yeah. While jerking off. While jerking no, off. I feel like that's a very no. bad, I think that's no, no, a bad no, no, path. No not, not, no, not with jerking off. Yeah. But watching it, because they always catch you. 
yeah, don't watch like CSI, you know, the special victims unit and jerk off. That's, I feel like that's going, that, I feel like that's heading down a very toxic path. Yeah. I feel like we're getting on a very dangerous track here. <laughs> that's not good. Oh, that's not good. All right. Speck's final thought for the American people was, just tell them to keep up their hatred for me. I know it keeps up their morale, and I don't know what I'd do without it. Speck's death. Speck died of a heart attack at 6.05 a.m. December 5th, 1991, one day before his 50th birthday. 50th? 50th. Fuck okay, off. Just checking. 50th birthday at Silver Cross Hospital in Joliet. He had been taken to Silver Cross after complaining of chest pains and nausea at Stateville Correctional Center. Aww. After Speck's death, Dr. Jan E. Listma a neuropathologist at the Chicago Institute of Neurosurgery performed an autopsy of Speck's brain. Listma found apparent gross abnormalities. Two areas of the brain, the hippocampus, which involves memory, and the amygdala, which deals with rage and other strong emotions, encroached upon each other, and their boundaries were blurred. Listma made tissue section slides and presented them to others who agreed that his findings were unusual. There was no further analysis, however. The tissue samples were lost or stolen when sent to a Boston neurologist for further study, and Lisma's findings were inconclusive. Dr. John R. Hughes, a neurologist, neurologist, neurologist. And, fuck off, a neurologist and longtime director of the Epilepsy Clinic in the University of Illinois College of Medicine, <laughs> a colleague of Lisma, examined photos of the tissue in the 1990s, along with brainwave tests performed on Speck in the 1960s, Hughes said, I have never seen that type of abnormality in the history of neurology. So many abnormality, or so any abnormality that that exceptional has got to have an exceptional consequence. Hughes attributes Speck's homicidal nature to a combination of the brain abnormalities and violence Speck suffered at the hands of his alcoholic stepfather and his own drinking and violence in Texas. After Speck died, his body was not claimed. Wayne, Wayne Krieger, Will County coroner, when Speck died, said that he had talked to Richard Speck's sister. She said that they were afraid people would desecrate the grave if they had him buried out there. Obviously. Krieger also stated that the sister told her kids, you can never tell people Richard Speck was your uncle. Speck was cremated, and the ashes were scattered in a location known only to Krieger, his chief deputy, a pastoral worker, and Joliet Herald News columnist John Whiteside, who has since died. All witnesses swore to keep the location at pastoral and an appropriate location in the Joliet area secret. We said a couple of prayers and spread them into the wind, Krieger said. It was a very small funeral. So, Janet, yeah. let me ask you this. Why do you think that I would choose to tell you this story for our dirty 30 because this man is dirty true but there's an added part to mr richard speck is he the cheese guy no what he's the titty guy oh in 1996 five years after speck's death a tv journalist made public a prison video which showed Speck taking drugs and engaging in sex with another inmate during the 1980s while he was an inmate at Statesville Correctional Institute. In order to ensure his continued survival in the dangerous prison, 
because he was sentenced to death, but then they took that back, right? Right. They they said no death sentence. You just have a fucking million years in jail and prison, right? Yeah. So in order to ensure his continued survival in a dangerous prison. Okay, so Janet, who gets victimized most in prison? People who are gay. No. People, oh, who the, hurt your children? Who hurt kids and who hurt women? Yes. Which is what he did. So, in order to ensure his continued survival in the dangerous prison, Speck wore silky women's underwear, underwear, consumed hormones to make his body more feminine, and adapted effeminate mannerisms. Richard Speck pictured, and I will show you these photos in just a minute, wore blue panties, used hormones to develop breasts, and adapted effeminate mannerisms while in prison. As Speck had planned, the breasts he developed were enticing to other inmates at Statesville Correctional Institute in Joliet, Illinois. Richard Speck behind bars. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, he took the, the hormones to develop breasts. So, he was sexually abused by prisoners. Authorities believe the other inmates also pimped him out. Okay. Well, duh. The inmates did not kill Speck because they preferred to use him sexually. Speck had to service the inmates' sexual demands, including submitting to group penetration. Oh! Look at them titties! Literally, he was like, well, I'm going to be here for a long fucking time, and I'm kind of a piece of shit, so go ahead and rape me, guys. Here's some titties. He literally grew tits in prison to be raped rather than murdered. Yep, no shame. Uh-uh. Nope. But the shitty thing is, it worked exactly how we wanted it to work. Yeah, it worked. Yep. So yeah, so there's that twist for our dirty thirty, because Richard Speck was fucking dirty. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of our fucked up podcast? I think it was great. It, it, it's better than uh, my readings. Oh, I'm ready to. All right, you ready to hoard out? out? Let's hoard out. There's some whores in the house. There are. It's right here. There's some whores in the house. house. We're proud of it. Right here. The house right next to yours. I said certified free. Just a little bit. We're just a little bit freaky. I'm freaky. Seven Seven days days a week. week. I think you're freaky and I like you a lot. Wet ass (laughs) pussy. Just a little bit of a wet ass pussy. Just a little bit. Make that pullout game weak. My pullout game is weak. Beat it up, baby. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Leidenfrost Vineyards. Leidenfrost is a family-owned and operated winery in the heart of New York's Finger Lakes. Visit us at leidenfrostwine.com for general information, tasting reservations, and of course, delivering incredible wine right to your door. Leidenfrostwine.com. That's L-E-I-D-E-N-F-R-O-S-T wine.com. Leidenfrost Vineyards. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to our show. New episodes and content are made possible by listeners like you. You can show support by also supporting our ad sponsors, our friend shows, by checking out some of our merch, and our Patreon. All this can be easily found by going to fatal distraction podcast.com.